0: I still want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today, we're going to talk about season one, episode 11 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Bloodlines. Sure. I, I don't really know where that episode title came from, but. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was going to be more family stuff, more background stuff. It was it was all a little bit more subtle. Yeah, a little bit more present day. I guess the reveal of Elena's adoption, that's the bloodline. Oh, I guess that's true, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to read the synopsis from the Vampire Diaries wiki, as always. Damon takes a trip to Georgia where he surprises an old flame, Bree and enlists her help to figure out how to open the tomb. In the process, Damon comes face-to-face with someone who is determined to make him pay for past wrongs. Stefan opens up to Grams in his effort to help Bonnie overcome her fears and accept her powers. While researching his history paper in the public library, Jeremy Gilbert meets a cute but geeky girl named Anna, who has her own theories on the folklore of Mystic Falls. When Damon returns from Georgia, Stefan is waiting with news that will change their world. This is a jam-packed episode. Yeah, it was a lot more like I want to say lower stakes stuff than some of the past episodes, but it still has like lasting consequences for sure. But lots of fun things to talk about. So let's dive in. So we open with Stefan looking at the photo of Catherine and he's leaving a voicemail for Elena and he's like, hey, Elena, um, I would <laughs> love to explain to you... <laughs> He's like, please call me when you get this. Yeah, he's trying to sound not too desperate, but he is holding the picture of Catherine and the Vervain necklace. So he's uh, he's not feeling good. He knows he fucked up. He knows this is like literally the worst case scenario. And I will say after all the reveals and stuff, I get why he didn't want to bring this up that soon. But at the same time, like hide the picture better. Well, yeah, if you don't want to bring this up, like you either have to put this secret under deep lock and key Well, you have to lead with it, but you can't do this middle ground where he's like, I'm not going to tell her, but I am going to display this photo. And I get that he didn't know she was going to come up to his bedroom that night. But he would think he saw that on the horizon. Well, especially because, you know, they have this conversation about his bedroom and he's like, yep, I keep every meaningful memory (laughs) in here. And then to find a picture of your ex. I mean, I don't know if I'm Stefan. I'm like, yeah, I keep every memory in here. I'm like, where'd I put that picture of Catherine? (laughs) Yeah, considering he looks at it like every three days or so for someone who's so over Catherine, he's the one holding the picture. I ain't seen Damon look at one pic. I do think this is my hot take. Listen, this is kind of an anti-Stefan podcast right now because I'm at least an anti-Stefan podcaster. What side you're on doesn't really matter. I pull it for both of us. Yeah, Stephanie's been anti-Stefan for a while. I try to remain neutral because, again, I know everything about this show. And, you know, overall, I do like Stefan, but. I don't have to say it. Obviously, I'm a Delena supporter. This is our first big Damon and Elena episode. This is a big day for me. I mean, find me a Delena supporter that is not a complete and total idiot. No offense. <laughs> you know, I was a Delena supporter before this episode. I was more of a, a Damon by himself supporter and Elena. I was like, OK, maybe I'll come around on it. And after this episode, I'm like, OK, time to wake up with Stefan, sweetie. Here's why the picture of Catherine was a big issue for Stefan is he spent the whole first chunk, like not telling her anything, keeping every secret, not even giving her crumbs. And then he was like, okay, fine. Like, it's gotten too far. I love you too much. I'm going to tell you everything. And so it's like, okay, well, you can't say you're going to tell her everything and still lie, it's just going to bring back all that stress from the beginning. And it just doesn't look good. He really fumbled the ball in the end zone. He got the touchdown. Well, that's, but that's my point. He fumbled it in the end zone. Oh, but that's still a touchdown. That's exactly my point. He made the touchdown and then he fumbled the ball in the end zone. But that's not really a fumble because like that fumble doesn't matter. I'm saying it's more like he got the touchdown. He started his victory dance and then he like sprained his ankle (laughs) during the dance. Yeah, he like started doing his victory (laughs) dance and then like tripped and broke his leg doing like the running man. Like fell into the pole and broke a tooth off. He tried to do a death drop and just sprained his ankle. (laughs) <laughs> and just like broke his knee <laughs> that's kind of what happened to step that's more about no, he tried to do a death job and he <laughs> tore his acl It was really devastating. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Okay. But anyway, my point is apologies to Stefan fans right now. This is kind of an anti-Stefan podcast. My read on Stefan and Damon, this is the point I was going to get to, but then we kind of got off track and I want (laughs) to close it off for real hardcore listeners. I think Damon goes to therapy and he maybe does it performatively, but I do think he goes. I think Stefan's like, no, I've worked through my own stuff. I don't need a therapist. And I think Stefan's the kind of guy that if he, decided if someone convinced him to go to therapy he would like not tell the therapist that much yeah so that the therapist would be like you're doing a great job and he'd be like yes I know thank you for saying that honestly to be fair I'm coming for Stefan because I think I am like Stefan in that way (laughs) Stefan would go to therapy and he'd be like yeah but I understand that she compelled me and so it wasn't real love and so I've moved past that and the therapist is like oh great Like, obviously, you're keeping the photo. You haven't moved past it. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm a stellar therapy patient either. Anyway, all this to say, this is an anti-Stefan podcast right now. It will circle back around on him. I'm sure he'll have his good moments. I just heard to watch him be so depressing and so like bad at so many things and have Elena be like in love with him when like Damon is right there. Well, I just wish he would have a little fun. Just enjoy falling in love a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I guess the more we learn about vampires, the more like we understand Damon's side of it. Because from the beginning, we're like, well, Damon's killing people. And then we start un- like seeing Damon's side more. So it- we come around on him where Stefan is just kind of like, I'm eating squirrels and everyone else sucks. And that gets old. Again, Stefan's got his stuff to work through. And again, I'm overall pro Stefan. I do love Stefan. But gun to my head, I pick Damon. Water gun to my head, I pick Damon. <laughs> Yeah, marshmallow to my head, I picked Damon. You don't need to force me that much. (laughs) I'll pay you to let me pick Damon. Sorry to Stefan. Sorry to this man. I think Stefan and I would be really great friends. But also because, again, like I said, I do think I'm similar to Stefan. So I don't want a boyfriend that's similar to me. I can't handle it. See, I feel like I started being like, "Oh, I love Damon because I can fix him." But I feel like you'd really have to fix Stefan. But he would be like, "No, I'm I'm good." And you'd be like, "I can I can help him." I would have to fix both of them. There's not a man on this show that is free of baggage. That's true. And not like the women don't have any baggage, but if you look at the men all together, Damon's kind of the most well-adjusted one. Yeah. Like, who else do we have? We've got Jeremy. We've got Alaric. Say what you will. Damon knows who he is. For better or for worse, he's like, this is me, baby. Yeah, for better or for worse, Damon's like, yeah, I'm hung up on Catherine. And what? (laughs) But anyway, so Stefan leaves a voicemail for Elena. And he knows it didn't go well, but what else can he do? And then we cut back over to Elena, which we saw this last episode, but it's a quick little review. There's a man in the street. Elena hits him and her car flips over. Not a good thing happening. Yeah, not a good sign if your curve flips that many times from hitting like one single guy. Mm -hmm. So it's bad enough if she committed vehicular manslaughter, but the man heals himself. So it cracks all together. Yeah. So we can tell, I mean, we're pretty sure he's a vampire at that point. And we get it pretty much confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. He starts walking over and he gets really close and Elena screams, but then he very suddenly runs away really fast run vampire run. So that's how we really know he's a vampire. And then we don't really know why until Damon runs up really fast. So we can assume that Damon scared him off somehow. Yeah, and I was watching this at the cliffhanger last time and I was like, how on earth is Elena getting out of this one? I think it's pretty clear that this is the vampire that turned Logan, who seems to be like the more evil vampire than Damon. And my first thing was, is he from the tomb with Catherine? Obviously, that's not the case because the tomb is very much still closed. I don't know. I'm very curious about him and who he is. So, So you still think this is the vampire that turned Logan? Yeah, I do. Damon gets up to the car and he helps Elena get out, and she's clearly hurt. But he carries her as a groom would on a wedding day. The second he picked her up, I said, "Delena, hello." I said, "Delena is my OTP." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I literally said, "Delena stands." We eaten tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I told Stephanie, I was excited about this episode. And this is why it's our first real Elena episode. And it's fun because you get to see Elena be a little bit of a fun self later. I mean, we'll get to that. But it's, it's nice to have a little bit of like, this obviously isn't really a romance episode. But I like a friends to lovers kind of slow burn situation. So it's a well, you're in luck. <laughs> that's the the key, you know, you need a there's a balance you can't be kissing episode two. So I was already not going to be a Stelena girl. Yeah. So anyway, he checks in with Elena. He's like, hey, are you okay? He looks at her. And Elena says, I look like her and then faints. And Damon picks her up. You think Damon makes the connection right away that this is about Catherine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he knew that it was only a matter of time before that picture came up. He's on the same page as we are. I think she said that and he was like, oh, so finally she figured that out. So he was like, well, okay, she needs a break from Stefan anyway. I got the perfect solution here that also fits with my needs. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on my way out of town, baby. And I will say, you know, I was immediately like, when is Damon going to see that this necklace is missing? Because he's no fool but he carries her off and we don't really know what happens to them yet because we cut over and check in with Lurik who's writing in a journal. I think it's on a laptop. It's an e-journal. He's blogging. Well, and it was so funny because he starts with, I found one or I finally found one or something. And I thought it was Stefan writing in his diary. Like I finally found a girl who looks like Catherine and I screwed it up. (laughs) But no, it was a Lurik. But no, it's a Lurik basically saying, I found one. I was really scared, but I staked it. I was right about Mystic Falls. there's evil here. And then we see a flashback to him in love with his wife, whatever. It's like a lover montage. Very PS. I love you. What do you make of this little journal entry? Well, so I said at one point that I thought maybe he was a vampire hunter or a vampire. I was, I was really convinced on vampire. That seems like a no, or I guess maybe. So we meet Alaric's wife in this flashback. Do you think we're going to be seeing more of this character? I mean, we'll definitely get more of his backstory, Mm -hmm. although I guess we have a pretty, I don't want to say complete backstory. I mean, we know what caused him to come to Mystic Falls by the end of this episode. I guess I think it's going to be more complicated than that. No working theories yet? Not really. I think we'll at least see more of these like missing soldier flashbacks, these video type energy. Absolutely. Things without a doubt. How that story develops, I'm not sure yet. Then we cut over to the next morning, Damon and Elena are in the car and Elena wakes up and she's like, where am I? And they are in Georgia. So it's all coming back to Elena. She's like, oh, my God, I was in a car crash. And Damon's like, you don't have any broken bones, like you're fine, whatever. And Elena's like, whoa, whoa, I hit a guy. And he's like, I don't know who it was. I don't know what to tell you. And so Elena's like, Damon, you need to pull over. And he you know, doesn't right away, but eventually he does. And she's like, e- this is kidnapping. And he's like, well, that's melodramatic. <laughs> <laughs> which it is. <laughs> so she finally gets me pull over. She's like, I don't want to be in Georgia. And he's like, well, you're already in Georgia. So I don't know what to tell you. And he's like, and you know what? I know you don't have your necklace on. So just like reminder, I could make you like go along with this really easily if I really wanted to. Yeah, which I think it's, it's pretty clear that he clocked the necklace right away because that's the kind of thing Damon would do. But I think it's interesting that he is Choosing not to compel her. Why do you think that is? I think he has a soft spot for her. I mean, he's- I mean, obviously, he's in love. <laughs> obviously, he's still in love with Catherine. So I think even if he didn't know Elaine at all, the soft spot would be there. hmm subconsciously. I, I think he definitely has a soft spot for her. And I truly think when she first got the necklace and he tried to kiss her and, comp- and compel her, that that was like so- out of his comfort zone that it was like almost playing hard to get in a way. So I think he's kind of liking the chase of it, quote unquote. Yeah. So Elena's like, no one knows where I am. Where's my phone? And he's like, calm down, little lady. And then her phone rings in Damon's pocket in the world's most generic ringtone. And she's like, that's my phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) like, Like, girl, if it ain't crazy, Frog, how do you know? Yeah. I mean, I know it's the CW, so they can't like really personalize ringtones. But this was 2009, Mama. Everyone had a ringtone. But anyway, so it's Stefan and Damon answers the phone. He's like, hey, Elena's phone. And Stefan's like, what are you doing to her? Blah, blah. I want to talk to Elena. And Damon's like, oh, it's Stefan. He wants to talk to you. And Elena's like, no. And yeah. Damon's like, yeah, she doesn't want to talk to you. Which after Stefan, love. Yeah, Stefan <laughs> hates it. Stefan's like, you better not lay a finger on her, which I mean, Stefan doesn't know that Elena was like in a car accident. But also it's like, don't you think he would have already killed her by now? <laughs> and that's the thing of like, obviously, Damon's not going to kill Elena. If he wanted to kill Elena, he would have like four episodes ago. If anything, at this point, he would be holding Elena for ransom to get something out of Stefan. Stefan just loves to hate Damon. Well, Stefan has this main character energy that he thinks that everything Damon does is about him. And it's not really none of it is. It's really about Catherine. Almost nothing has been about Stefan. He's just fun to mess with because he's such a little baby. He's just so high strung. But eventually they hang up and Elena's like, "Okay, I want to go back. And Damon's like, well, we're almost there. So there's really no point to that. Yeah. (laughs) And he eventually convinces her that she should stay with him. I mean, she doesn't have a lot of choices, but he convinces her to go along with it kind of willingly because she's like, do you promise I'll be safe? He promises she'll be safe. He promises he won't compel her, but she says, Can I trust you? And he decidedly does not answer that question. Yeah, that is a, an interesting one to avoid. I just want to say, You wouldn't need to compel or even slightly convince me to go on this road trip with him. I'd be like, Okay. Yeah. I'd be like, Can we go to McDonald's? <laughs> okay. If I'm going to Georgia, you are getting me a sausage McMuffin with egg. He'd be like, Okay. He'd be like, That's <laughs> fine with me. Be like, and a hash brown. Oh, okay. And a McCafe. <laughs> some hotcakes he'd be like whatever we can go to a mcdonald's <laughs> i mean like, can i play a little mix he'd be like okay <laughs> can we put the top down <laughs> you got an ox hookup have you ever heard in the heights <laughs> That's why I don't have a vampire boyfriend. So then we cut over to the school where Alaric is in his car and Jeremy goes up to him and Alaric is like, oh, I lost my ring for a second. And then he picks it up and puts it on. See, this is where I'm like, okay, because he is not in direct sunlight. Like he's in kind of the shadow of his car. I don't know exactly how much sunlight would turn you to ash if you were a vampire. But I think the fact that his ring was off at all during the daytime when he's not like in his house proves he's not a vampire. You feel pretty conclusive about that? I feel pretty conclusive about that, but I still don't understand the importance of the ring. Although maybe it's just a family heirloom. Like maybe it's not that deep. Yeah, maybe you're overcomplicating it. But that's also why I think that their family is like a family of vampire hunters in a way, because he has this like family heirlooms that are important. Like maybe there's a seal or something. Do you have any theories about the ring other than it's an heirloom? I'm not saying it has magical powers. I just got a theory. It just came to me. Okay. Just remain in it. Oh, that's a good theory. (laughs) They really lay it on thick in Alaric's first introduction. They really make you think he's a vampire and they really pull out the rug here. I'm still not 100% convinced because he's too hot to be a human in my mind. Sure. But also we talked about this a little bit. He has a beard and we haven't seen any other vampires with beards. Vampires can have beards. Okay, I still have not. I feel like he's not a vampire, but I'm not fully convinced. It's really hard to tell. Yeah, you don't want to make any assumptions. But anyway, Alaric's like, did you pick a topic? And Jeremy's like, yes, I sure did. Um, I want to talk about the Civil War. I found a journal from my ancestor who was one of the founders. And Alaric's like, I love that topic. Alaric says earlier that he sensed that there was magic in Mystic Falls. Do you think Alaric has any knowledge of the events near the Civil War in Mystic Falls? Based on his reaction to Jeremy picking this topic. That's a good question. So I think he has like read some of this folklore of vampires that we kind of get Jeremy's new little Missy to explain to us. I mean, he clearly came to Mystic Falls for a reason. And so I think he must know that there's some lore or history of like potential vampires there. I don't know if he necessarily is connected to the Civil War portion of it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I guess any sort of ancestral journal, like, he would be happy to get his hands on that, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, so then we cut over to the school where Bonnie and Stefan, well, where Bonnie's walking by and Stefan runs up to her. And Stefan is like, hey, oh my god, how you been, bestie? But it's obviously fake. (laughs) Because he's like, hey, 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 bestie. And she's like, oh, are you back at school? And he's like, no, no, I'm just here to see you. Uh, I need a favor. He cannot even like do the fake conversation for more than like a minute. He's like, this is boring me. We're not talking about me. I need to move on. He's like, we're not talking about me or Elena. So I got to get the conversation through. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, so Elena's in danger. She's with Damon. And like, honestly, this is the right audience for it, because Bonnie doesn't like Damon right now, obviously, because he tried to kill her. Fair. (laughs) She's justified. (laughs) And Bonnie's basically like, hey, look, I know Elena's like cool with the whole vampire thing, but I'm not totally there yet. Yeah. So like, I really don't want to do this. It's another instance of Stefan just like, if you didn't keep Damon on such a tight leash, he wouldn't act out to piss you off. Like if you wouldn't react to everything, he wouldn't do things. That's true. He's being reactive. Yeah, and Damon thinks it's funny because it is because Stefan's being crazy half the time. At the end of the day, all Damon wants to do is get in this tomb and see Catherine and he will be on his merry way. Yeah. But so Stefan's like, no, 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 totally. Yeah, I totally get it. Like, I, I totally understand Bonnie. But if you could just really quick find out where Elena is. Yeah, he's like, if you could just do a quick little spell. He's like, I have her necklace. If you could just like, you know, find her for me, that'd be great. And so she basically like does try because she's an angel on this earth and she can't really find anything she doesn't feel a connection or anything i mean not for nothing elena's had this necklace for like two weeks so like yeah i mean we don't know this yet officially but it's probably like a civil war artifact like what if she just saw like the inside of a tomb where katherine's hanging out you know well yeah like elena wasn't the first owner of this necklace it's safe to assume yeah i obviously know who is And real heads do also. Yeah. Well, if it was Miss Catherine's necklace when she wakes up from this tomb, which I think is inevitable at some point, she'll be pissed to see it on Miss Elena. I'll say that. I think that's a great theory. (laughs) So Bonnie can't find anything. And she's like, "Okay, I'm going to go. And Stefan's like, oh, man. Bonnie's like, well, I tried. Yeah, she's like, something's up with my powers. Uh, I got bigger fish to fry than you, mister. And Stefan's like, "Okay, uh, I guess I'll leave. Thanks for nothing, bitch. He's like, you're so fucking useless. (laughs) So then we cut back over to Elena and Damon, still in the car. So Elena's doing some housekeeping. She's like, what happened to my car? And Damon's like, I pulled it over to the side of the road. I don't think anyone's going to be interested in it. And she's like, okay, Um, do you think that guy that was in the road was a vampire? And Damon's like, yeah, I think so. And Elena's like, well, you know him? And he's like, if I haven't met him, I wouldn't know him. Which was a weird way to answer that. Because I'm not sure he knows if he knows him or not. Damon's been making it his business to know if there's other vampires in town and how he can use them to his advantage. yeah. So I do believe that he doesn't know him. But he also says it's not like we all hang out together at the Vampire and Grill, which, Stephanie, it seems like that's what you believe, since you think Zach was a vampire. <laughs> which, to be fair, I thought was the case. So I don't think it's crazy Elena thinks he knows every vampire in town. Well, yeah, I do think, in a way, it is a safe assumption that vampires would all know each other. <laughs> I would think they would like seek each other out. I think they generally do. Yeah, clearly this vampire in the road is, is a mean vampire. Um, so he's probably purposely hiding from the other vampires. Well, what do you think the other vampire would be doing in town? So he turned Logan. So obviously he had, you know, need for backup. What do you think that other vampire would be in town for? Why would he be in Mystic Falls? I think he wants to hurt the Salvatores somehow. Well, I guess he wants them to know that there's a vampire in town even after, like, Damon killed one. I'm assuming this vampire knows a lot about the happenings. Sure. And, you know, as we saw in this episode, Damon is pissing off a lot of people. That's true. So it's not crazy to think that, I don't know, maybe Damon killed this guy's girlfriend. <laughs> Very common practice of his. Yeah, he seems to have a... Um, <laughs> A talent for killing people's girlfriends. A little pattern is emerging. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which I'm like, he's so cute. As long as you're not someone's girlfriend, he won't kill you. Hey, Damon, I'm single. Anyway, I mean, he's clearly causing a little bit of chaos for vampires who want to stay under wraps. Or maybe he also is trying to get these vampires out of this tomb and has the same kind of hate for the town that Damon kind of does of like, I want to take this whole town down because they killed all these vampires at once. Sure. But they finally arrive at Bree's bar, the destination, and we meet Bree for the first time played by the lovely, iconic Gina Torres. Where I recognize her from is she played Vanessa's mom on Gossip Girl, but she's been in a ton of stuff. She's been on an episode of Criminal Minds, an episode of Bones. She was also on three episodes of Revenge. Oh, I did watch Revenge for a while. And, well, that's why I mentioned it. She was also on an episode of Riverdale. She played Mrs. Burble. I don't know who that is. Oh, wasn't she? Oh, she was the guidance counselor on Riverdale who, like, acted like a therapist. Sure, 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 sure. But anyway, so as soon as they arrived... Damon and Brie have a nice little kiss. And Elena's like, what the fuck? Exactly. So Damon and Elena sit down. Brie pours them shots. Elena's not interested in this shot. So Damon takes two. And they kind of give Elena some up. They met in college. They give Elena some ketchup. <laughs> it's kind of true. Not how I would have phrased it, but not incorrect. No, you know what I meant. Catch up. <laughs> um, so they kind of catch Elena up on their history. They met in college. And Elena says, you went to college? And Damon says, I've been on a college campus. Yes. Amazing line, which is very Damon. Because again, you don't need to go to college if you're a vampire. You can just go to the parties, bitch. Yeah, Damon's got it right. And it also is revealed in this conversation that Brie is a witch. Queen. And Brie also drops... Well, we've all known this whole time that Damon is good in bed. Yeah, I could have told you that. Well, I love that she says he's great in bed, though, isn't he? And Elena's like, I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. And it's like, well, you could know, sweetie. And it's like, just hop on in, Mama. So he's like, oh, what do you guys want? Before we figure that out, we cut back to the town of Mystic Falls, of course. And Jeremy is... He's wandering through the stacks. Yeah, so Jeremy's at the library, and you made a comment that Jeremy has looked different every episode. Jeremy really does look different every single episode. Like, some days he looks paler than others. Some days his hair is more voluminous than others. Some days his his hair's up. Sometimes it's, like seemingly middle part, sometimes it's a deep side part, sometimes it's a slight side part. They're figuring it out. He looks cute in this episode though, which good timing for him. He's wandering through the stacks and a book gets knocked over and we meet Anna, who is another guest star played by Melise Zhao, who most people would know from Unfabulous, the Emma Roberts star vehicle on Nickelodeon. But she's been on a number of things since then. You know her from probably a number of things. But what you really know her from is Unfabulous. Yeah, I wouldn't have made that connection on my own. For sure. They meet. It's a little meet cute. I want Jeremy to get like a new girl and a new love. And I just want happiness for him. And so I like don't quite trust her yet. Just because I'm like protective of Jeremy. Of course. She's a little like a little cute, a little alt. So then we cut over to Bonnie arriving at her Graham's house. And Bonnie's like, Graham's so my powers are gone. Like I'm freaking out. I'm reading all these books. And her grandma's like, if you can't use your powers right now, it's because you're blocked in your body. Something scared you. There's nothing in the books that can help you with that. I was worried for a bit that like her drinking vampire blood would somehow hurt her powers. That obviously isn't the case. So then we get back over to the bar. Elena's on the phone with Jenna and she's like, hey, I'm so sorry to worry you. I just was at Bonnie's last night. It was so late. I fell asleep. I went straight to school. Jenna seems happy with this explanation. Mm -hmm. She doesn't seem to need much more. Yeah, which (laughs) fair enough. Elena has given her no reason not to trust her. Yeah, that's true. So then we cut over to Damon and Brie who are chatting and Bree's like, I'm surprised you're still obsessed with Catherine. Like it's all about this fucking tomb. Move on, King. And he's like, well, that's why I'm here. Actually, I want your help figuring out how to get in this tomb. And she's basically like, I already helped you 20 years ago. It's pretty simple. You need the comet and you need the crystal and you need the spell. And without the crystal, you're out of luck that Emily's spell is absolute. This is not what Damon wants to hear. But it's interesting that that's how he found out about the crystal, the comet. He had like this in inside person (laughs) he's been working on it for a while and he is like well what if there's a more powerful crystal that can override it and she's like that is not how it works (laughs) so then we cut over to the woods Grams told Bonnie to face her fear and so Bonnie's doing that by going to Old Bell's church where she was attacked by Damon where the whole thing happened with Emily so she's trying to get on block she's like looking around she's scared she hears a movement and then she falls into a hole The ground gives way. She can hear the wood creaking a lot. And I was like, oh, this got to be the tomb. And then she falls in. (laughs) Yeah. And we cut back over to Georgia, where Elena's still outside with the phone. And she gets a call from Stefan. And Damon eavesdrops, of course. Stefan's like, I want to come get you. And Elena's like, no, I'm pissed about Catherine. You didn't tell me anything. You lied to me. How are we connected? And Stefan's like, I honestly don't know. And Elena's like, okay, goodbye. I'm not talking to you right now. Well, that's the thing of like, he really doesn't know how they're connected like he actually doesn't know but he's been lying and keeping so many secrets that that's not believable his own fault on that one yeah Stefan dug his own grave but since Damon was eavesdropping he comes outside and he checks in and Elena doesn't really trust that he's being sincere which I get so while they're having a little conversation Bree sees they're outside talking she picks up the phone she turns on a blender to cover her voice and she said you'll never guess who just walked into my bar doesn't bode well So we cut back over to the tomb where Bonnie is waking up. She has indeed fallen in. And she is all the way down there. That was quite a fall. And she sees a pentagram and stuff. So if we have not pieced together at this point that it's the tomb, like we've got it now. It's the tomb. The tomb of yore. The tomb that we've been discussing. The titular tomb. I mean, it's not titular. Titular. (laughs) Emily's tomb. The aforementioned tomb. Yes. And then we cut over to Graham's house, where Stefan has decided to visit. And he's like, hey, I'm one of Bonnie's friends. I'm looking for Bonnie. And he shakes her hand. And she's basically like, I think Bonnie's scared. And I think you know why, because I think it's you. She's like, I can tell that you know some stuff. You know, I'm a witch. And you let me shake your hand anyway, knowing that I would be able to tell you were a vampire when I did. Yeah. So she's like, you already know where Bonnie is. Honestly, go figure that out. Obviously, I'm not going to invite you in. I don't think I have to clarify that. True queen behavior. She says, yeah, that's on you, buddy. Go help my granddaughter because you got her in this mess. uh, And I know you're a vampire, so get away from me. Yeah. (laughs) So she does a good job. And she's right that Stefan does know where Bonnie is, because again, we've all been talking about the two. Yeah. Talk of the town then we get back over to the library where Jeremy and Anna are discussing his paper. She's helping him find books. And he's like, how do you know where everything is? And she's like, oh, I'm homeschooled. I study here for a mock school environment. So she spends a lot of time at the library. We piece together. But basically, he's like, yeah, I'm writing this paper for history class. And she's like, oh, what's your topic about? He's kind of like a little cagey about it at first because he knows it's kind of a weird topic. But he's basically like, I'm writing a paper about like Civil War hysteria and like folklore and mystic falls, you know, surrounding the hysteria around the war. And Anna says, oh, you mean the vampires? So this is like a town legend of sorts, which I guess makes sense that like, you know, the founders obviously know about it as truth, but it makes sense that this legend will kind of be around. Yeah, especially because Founders Day is such a event in this town. I mean, obviously we've seen a little bit of it. We'll see more of it. But we go back over to Elena and Damon. Elena and Damon are having lunch at this restaurant and they're chatting about Catherine logistics. Elena's like, so if, you know, I'm descended from Catherine and my part vampire, And Damon says vampires can't procreate if Catherine had a child. She did so before she was turned, which is interesting because that's not something we had heard about before. So it's impossible that the Salvators are at all related anywhere to Elena. Yeah. So Elena is definitely not related to either of these boys, which is handy. Do you think that Elena is a descendant of Catherine somehow? I mean, I think the looks are so hard to ignore that she's either a descendant of Catherine or a descendant of Catherine's family. She's somehow related to that family. And obviously we don't know that Stefan doesn't know that. I think she's at least distantly related to Catherine. Elena asks if Stefan's using her to replace Catherine in his life. And Damon's like, I don't know, but either way, it's kind of creepy to me. (laughs) Yeah. And they're eating and Elena's like, why do you like eat? Do you have to? And he's like, as long as I get blood, I can eat whatever I want. He says, oh, you don't like pickles. That's crazy. He takes her pickles. What I want to say about that is hot boys like pickles, hot girls like pickles. But Stephanie, I know you have a cringier comment. Okay, I know this is a how I met your mother theory, but I think this is a cute theory. Well, it's an olive thing on how I met your mother. But I think pickles are a better example because like, you know, I think the ideal pairing like is someone who doesn't want their pickle and someone who wants that pickle. If you're both getting sandwiches at a diner, because then one person is happy. They don't have to put they don't have to return the pickle, no food waste. The other person gets two pickles. Do you like pickles? I like pickles, but I don't often want my like diner pickle. Okay. I love like a pickle snack at home. Like I always like to have a jar of some sort of pickle. I like a diner pickle because it's warm. Anyway, enough about pickles. This is not a pickle podcast. Elena asks Damon if the nice act is real and- I don't really think he answers it. I don't even know what he says. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, she ends up ordering a beer because she's like, you know what? I am going to let loose a little bit. And they cheers. And there's not much else to say except they're in love. Well, yeah, because Damon had said earlier, like, hey, take a break for five minutes. Your life is really stressful. Like, have a little bit of fun for a road trip. And Elena is finally embracing that when she orders this beer. She's like, you know what? Sure, let's go. And then she has a sip of the beer and she winces a little bit. Like, mama, it is a Budweiser. I know it's not a Budweiser. I know it's a Heisler. And I know that's on other TV shows, but let's face it, Heisler's Budweiser. Yeah, and it's like, girl, it's not a glass of bourbon, like it's a beer. Yeah, what are you wincing about? It tastes like soda water. (laughs) She's wincing at carbonation. Proof that she's not hot because she doesn't eat pickles and she doesn't like seltzer. Sorry Tanina, no breath. But then she can take a whiskey shot. She can shoot whiskey. We'll get there. We cut back over to Jeremy and Anna who are still, you know, debating about the vampire stories. Jeremy's basically like vampires are metaphor for the demons of the day, which were Union soldiers. Vampires are out allegorical which i think is a really great read on it and honestly very scholarly awful close because they did burn a bunch of vampires saying they were union soldiers i think he's very smart and very interesting and i do like this idea of the vampire as the metaphor for union soldiers i think that's really interesting yeah i think it would be an interesting paper to read of course we know they're real vampires but but we're good i think this makes for a more interesting argument in a history paper anna is honestly surprised he's smart Aren't we all? But he's basically like, yeah, I had a really rough go of it lately, but I'm actually kind of getting back to myself, which I guess is smart. A smart artist boy. Love you, baby. Anna's basically like, okay, well, I have to get home. But, you know, my ancestor has a journal, too, that's like your ancestor's journal that's all about that stuff. My grandpa told me stories that his grandpa told him, which Jeremy likens to folklore. And Jeremy's like, you know what? Why don't you stay? and We can keep talking about this. Well, it's interesting because we know everything the founders council knows about vampires came from founding family journals yes but it stands to reason that obviously other people had journals because this girl's family had journals and i kind of touched on this like in one of the previous episodes like maybe they were missing some journals or maybe jeremy had this secret journal that they hadn't read that had other information and that's why they knew so little about vampires this is a case where this actually is a more likely theory of this girl's family isn't connected to the founding families it seems because or else jeremy would probably have known of her what what convinces you she's not not a founding family member i am making an assumption that she's not a founding family member but my thought is that you know this journal might not be one that the founders council knows about And she seems pretty assured that there are vampires in this town, which isn't something that the whole town seems to feel assured of. Like, even Jeremy is like, oh, it's this folklore of the town. But she seems like, oh, no, there are vampires. So I think there's something in this journal that would maybe help the Founders Council. She just doesn't know that, because why would she? Perhaps. See what happens when you let legacies run everything? This is the lesson. Then we cut back over to Bonnie alone in the tomb. She's looking around. She's clearly terrified. She tries to make a call. No surprise. She's in a hole. She has no cell service. Yeah. She puts her ear up to the wall that has the pentagram on it and she gets scared. And then a guy jumps in behind her really suddenly. We can tell pretty fast. There's a commercial break, but we can tell pretty fast, Stefan, which would it have killed him to say, hey, Bonnie, you in there? I'm coming in. And even later, he was like, I didn't want to scare you. Like you jumped in right behind her, buddy. So he comes in, he gets her, he basically jumps up, gets her out of the hole, and it's nighttime, so she's been in there for a while. Yeah, she's been in there for a really long time, and how did it take him so long to get there? Like, he could have done his little run. I mean, it could have been sunset when he was at Graham's house. I guess. And, you know, she's obviously freaked out because she heard voices behind a pentagram, but he seems pretty positive that none of those vampires are ever getting out. She's like, I heard them. And he's like, they're desiccated. They're not actually awake. They're not in pain anymore. Yeah. They are locked in this tomb. They cannot get out. You are safe. Emily saw to that when she destroyed the crystal. So he's like, you're completely safe. Yeah. If they get out, they'll be hunky. So then we cut back over to Elena and Damon and they are having fun. They're taking shots. Elena's got her blazer off. She's looking cute. Yeah, they're (laughs) having some kind of shot contest, which seems to just be like who can drink a shot the fastest. And Elena's the fastest at it. So Queen, she can shoot a whiskey. I love that Damon is like, well, I can't unhinge my jaw like a snake. And it's like, let's go, bitch. That's hot girl energy. She said, I can unhinge my jaw like a snake for other things besides alcohol, too. All the people in the bar are like, oh, my God, you're so fun. Your tolerance is so high. Elena's like, let's do more shots. And some guy is staring at them from across the bar. He like nods at Bree. So we can make the connection that this is the guy Bree called. Yeah. And they immediately see each other and make a face like it's a good thing. Elena and Damon are having fun because that was pretty obvious. (laughs) Her mood shifts very quickly when she sees him there. So then we check back in with Jeremy and Anna at the grill, they're playing pool, you know, they're like, oh, it's so cool that our ancestors kept similar journals, they're still debating about, you know, vampire fact versus fiction. And Jeremy's like, well, my ancestor wrote short stories, it's obviously fiction. And Anna's like, that's why you hung up on the fiction of it all. And Jeremy's like, well, and I've also seen a bunch of movies. And Anna's like, we should, you know, like have a night where we watch a bunch of vampire movies. Very like subtle ask out. And he's kind of like, yeah. And she's like, okay, that obviously said no way in hell. Yeah. And he's like, I just got out of something. It's too soon. And she's like, yeah, totally, totally. Like as friends. Good save. (laughs) Sticks the landing, stumbled on the way down. But she leaves. Well, so, you know, she talks about Jeremy, like, of course, he's connected to fiction. And at this point, I don't know exactly what led me to this theory, but I wrote my notes that she related to Alaric. Mm. And I think I'm making that connection because she was like, well, your ancestors obsessed with fiction. So of course, you would assume it's fiction. Whereas if she's related to Alaric, that's a fact family. Interesting. We didn't learn her last name. She's homeschooled. She hasn't, I mean, she, I guess she could have been around town before, but we haven't seen her. That would explain why we hadn't seen her at school, which is where we spent a lot of our first few episodes is at school or school-related events. You know, she has dark hair, alert's dead wife has dark hair. I'm looking for connections wherever I can find him, baby. Some of them are going to stick. I think that's a good theory. You think this could be Anna Saltzman? It's, it's certainly a theory that I have. Say what you will. It's a theory. You can't say it's not a theory. <laughs> so she leaves. Jamie kind of looks after her. How do you feel about, you know, the possibility of this couple? You support this after the time we've spent with Anna this episode? I know you were hesitant at first. I think they're a cute match in this scene, especially. I was really seeing their vibe go together. I just, you know, obviously I loved Vicky. I just feel very protective of Jeremy. So I'm just scared that we can't trust her. But I love a little couple that like wants to solve a mystery together. And so I think it would be interesting if, you know, she is related to Alluric and is somehow in this like lineage of vampire hunters, how that fits in with Jeremy and Elena. So I think that will be a fun little like tension moment. I mean, I think they're cute together. I think they're a good match for the personality that they are finally giving Jeremy. They didn't really give him much of a personality early on because he was you know, off the deep end, quote unquote. But I think that they're a cute match. Well, yeah, she's a little alt, a little goth. Yeah, she is a little alt. And Jeremy, I think, needs a girl who's a little alt. She's cute. I just, I get so nervous for poor Jeremy because I just like, he has been through so much already. And I just really want him to have someone good. And I'm worried he's getting taken advantage of somehow. I understand why you're hesitant. I was just curious. Then we go back over to Georgia. Elena's playing pool and she gets a phone call from Jenna. And she's like, oopsie daisy. And she answers the phone. She's like, hey, Jenna, it's loud in here. Let me go outside. And Jenna's like, okay, well, obviously you're not at school. <laughs> so Elena goes to take the phone call. You know, she trips, she drops her phone. And right as she gets up to like explain to Jenna where she is, the guy from across the road grabs her. And I was like, oh, I just need Elena. I don't know why I'm convinced. I keep being convinced that people are trying to kidnap Elena, like this vampire in the beginning and this guy. Because I'm like, maybe her looking like Catherine will somehow break the spell to get Catherine <laughs> out of the tomb. I don't know why that's a theory that won't leave my head. But I was like, why would he need Elena? Catherine connection question but nope he's using her as bait so we check in with damon and Bree, and brie's like oh where's your girl i mean brie knows where she is because she's in cahoots with that guy but yeah she's like hey you should go find her exactly wink wink damon's like huh and he sees the open door he follows the clues he sees the phone he goes outside and he sees elena like up against a power pole or whatever and she's like damon don't and then he gets tackled kind of beat up with the bat a little bit pow 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 weakened quite a bit and then this vampire starts dumping gasoline on him we can assume to burn him alive yeah Elena's is like why are you doing this why are you doing this and this guy's like oh he killed my girlfriend this is the first girlfriend that we find out that damien killed in this episode it won't be the last And I mean, it was like, oh my God, Lexi. Yeah, immediately you made the connection to Lexi. And in case we didn't make the connection, Elena makes the connection pretty quick. And for listeners who don't remember, Lexi came on and came to visit Stefan during his birthday. And then Damon framed her as the vampire in Mystic Falls. And he staked her in front of the sheriff to gain trust with them. And Lexi was just my little queen. I just love her. It was a truly heartbreaking death. So I can understand someone wanting Damon dead for this. I'm not fully on Damon's side here. Yeah, (laughs) I'll say that. Elena doesn't want Damon to die. And I think it's the same thing as when she told Stefan not to kill him, that it's because it would really only hurt Stefan to see Damon die. But deep down, Elena doesn't want Damon to die because she cares about Damon. But that's a lot more to unpack than we have time for. When Elena makes the connection to Lexi, obviously, and she was like, Wait, Lexi told me about you. She said you were human. That was obviously very comforting to her, who was still trying to figure out how she felt about the Stefan vampire situation. And he's like, Uh yeah, she turned to me because I wanted to be with her forever. So obviously he's pissed. Now here's a question. Do you think this is something that affects Elena yet? That she's like, eventually that's a decision I'm going to have to make? Do you think that's something she's thinking about at this time? I don't think she had fully gotten it. You know, I think she could see it like in theory until... This guy said, like, you know, if you want to be with someone forever, like... You have to live forever. The way Lexi framed it to her was like, yeah, I love this guy. He was a human. And like him being a human didn't matter to me because I just loved him so much. But I think it's her first taste of like, this is a decision I'm going to have to consider. And this is really sad because, you know, this was probably a hard decision for this guy to make. Now he's like alone forever. So you can see why he's mad at Damon. Elena is trying to convince him not to kill Damon. And Elena kind of frames it as... You know, Lexi was a good person, so I know you're a good person. So you should be a better person than him and you shouldn't kill him. It's not going to make you feel better. It's not going to bring her back, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Somehow she does get through to him and he tosses Damon against a wall and is about to leave and Elena says, thank you. And he says, I didn't do it for you. And he runs away. So she goes and checks in on Damon, kind of comforts him. And then we cut back over to Grams' house and Stefan brings Bonnie home. And Bonnie's like, thanks for keeping me safe. And Graham says, oh, thank you, Stefan. And Stefan says, thank you, Sheila. And it's like, hold on. And she's like, I wasn't sure if you remember. I was just a teenager. And he said, you were leading the only anti-war sit-in in in Mystic Falls. So two things we learn. First of all, Stefan is woke. Stefan was against the Vietnam War. And second of all, Stefan absolutely had sex with Bonnie's grandma. (laughs) The second he said Sheila, I was like, oh, so they had sex. Like so fast. Stefan lets Grams know that Bonnie knows about vampires and now she's involved, kind of. Bonnie had not told her Grams that she knew about vampires. She wanted to keep that secret safe. She felt like she was doing that for Elena. But when Stefan is here and drops her off, Grams is like, well, so she knows about vampires, huh? And Stefan's like, yeah, she sure does. She basically is like, well, you know what? I just want you to know our loyalty can only extend so far. It's not going to be easy on any of us if this town finds any of this out. And I'm going to protect my family before I protect you. If it comes down to it, I will snitch on you. Which she should. So then we cut back over to Bree's bar where Bree's kind of cleaning up. And you can tell she's kind of feeling upset for the way things had to go down. But things actually didn't have to go down because Damon walks in. And she's like, oh, damn. And she's obviously surprised to see him. And I would say she could try to hide it. But what's the point? She kind of knows at this point where this conversation's going to end. She's basically like, I'm full of her vein. I drink it all the time. And I'm pissed off at you because Lexi was my friend. I can't believe you would do that. He's obviously angry at her. I mean, he's got death in his eyes. Bree decides at this point to tell him, I think maybe to save her life. She says, the tomb can be open. She's like, you need Emily's grimoire, which is her spellbook. But grimoire is the word we're going to hear going forward. So just get that in your brain. Uh, yeah, they did the, the good jargon moment where they're like, you need her grimoire, her spellbook. So they defined it for us. They do a great job. He's like, do you know where it is? And she's like, no, I don't know where it is. Honest. But like, that's what you need. Damon's like, okay. And then he kills Bree by pulling her heart out. I wrote down, ouchie. (laughs) <laughs> this is another popular way to kill people. So we see like a couple ways to kill people coming up again and again. Neck snap, very popular. Pulling out a heart is very popular for supernatural creatures. We'll see. Oh, interesting. Because, you know, it's it's a guarantee. Staking is popular too, but pulling out a heart is easier because you don't need a stake. I do have a like promo picture in my head of like, maybe it's the Netflix picture of like Elena holding a heart. Yeah, the Netflix picture right now is Nina Dobrev holding a heart. So yeah. Okay, so there you go. You know, I get why he did this because he was pissed. But like, wouldn't Lexi's boyfriend want to kill him more after this? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. I wonder if he just left town and isn't going to see Brie again. I don't know. So here's my question. Do you think we're going to see Brie again? Or you think she's dead and gone? I mean, I think she's dead. But I think we'll get some of her in flashback. It's so hard to tell what like, because it's a supernatural show. So I know there are ways to come back. But it does seem that staking and neck snapping are like definitive deaths. And the hurt thing seems like it would be definitive as well. So then we cut over to Damon and Elena driving back. I'm sure Elena has no idea that Damon just killed Bree. Yeah. And Elena's like, why'd you bring me with you? And Damon said, you know, he kind of deflects. He says, you know, it would piss Stefan off and you're not the worst company in the world. And she said, I used to be more fun. And he said, you did okay. Uh, they are so much cuter than her and Stefan. Yeah. She says, I saved your life. He says, I know. I mean, they're in love. They're just really cute together. So here's my question for you. I mean, Delena's inevitable. We can tell. We all know it from the audience. And I'm excited for it. What's your over under on Damon and Elena getting together? I guess we'll do a couple different. Ca- I guess we'll do okay. two different categories. First kiss and getting together. Okay, well, I think she'll be broken up with Stefan by end of season one. I think they're going to have their whole season arc before they break up it's just up and down a lot. I wish it would end sooner. I thought it was going to end this episode, honestly, but then I guess his justification and stuff won her back over. I think Damon and Elena kiss, maybe end of season two. And I don't think they'll get together till like midway through season four. I'm hoping for a nice slow burn. That's my guess. Do you think when she breaks up with Stefan, that'll be final and she'll just be like, not with either of them for a while? I think when she breaks up with Stefan, she's going to be conflicted for a while. And that's why I think the Damon and Elena kiss will be longer. Because I think she's going to like, something's going to happen with Stefan. I don't think it's going to be like necessarily Damon's fault that they'll break up. But I think she'll be like conflicted. And then I think her and Damon will get closer in another case I'm hoping for a nice slow burn. I think they could kiss sooner than end of season two. Maybe they kiss and that's why she breaks up with Stefan. So we finally get back to the Salvatore house where Elena and Stefan have a conversation. Elena basically tells him off. She's like, you know, I can handle the truth, even though it's all crazy. Like, I know that you're a vampire. I know your brother's a vampire. I'm willing to accept all of these things it's a classic human in a supernatural series monologue. She's like, I can accept that the world is a lot crazier than I can give it credit for. So I'm okay, but you need to tell me the whole truth. I can handle it. And he says, okay, uh, got it. He's like, first of all, you're the opposite of Catherine. And she says, okay, yeah, but when did you figure it out? Before we kissed? Before we slept together? Sorry to your earbuds, but I wanted to give a little flair to that sentence. And Stefan's like, no, no, no. So I knew that before we met. And she gives him a look and he's like, let me explain. The first day of school when we met. Yeah, I actually knew about you before that because we really met on May 23rd, 2009. Kept that date in his memory. Don't know why, but we know why Elena did. Because that's the day that her parents drove the car off the bridge. Bang! And Stephanie, this is the first time one of your predictions has been like spot on. because I said some vampire pulled out of that car. And as soon as he said, May something, I said, that was a while ago, that's when her pants died, baby. Oh my God, the power that I got from that, the dopamine that was released, I can't even describe, hello. And I wrote down, I knew it with like four exclams. I, I was excited. He goes on to say, I visit Mystic Falls every few years. I was in the woods eating a squirrel, presumably, and he heard the accident. And by the time he got there, the car was submerged, but her dad was conscious. Her dad told Stefan to save Elena first, and by the time he got back, The parents were dead. And Elena says, everyone said that they didn't know how I got out of the car, that it was a miracle. And Stefan's like, yeah, I'm the miracle. And he's like, and when I pulled you out of the car, I couldn't help but notice you looked like Catherine. (laughs) Yeah, it's less creepy because I was kind of under the impression that he had been just waiting for a girl who looked exactly like Catherine. So at least he kind of happened upon it. Still weird, but you know. The other prediction I made early on when I made this this correct prediction was that I think her parents they put too much time into naming her parents for them to not come back and I still believe that even though Stefan said they were dead he said I couldn't save them the dad was conscious at some point someone else could have saved him turn them into vampires So Stefan says, you know, I noticed you looked like Catherine. So for months afterward, I watched to make sure you weren't her. He's like, I realized you're nothing like Catherine and that I had to get to know you. And that's why I went to school and I met you. Really cute and fun way of saying I stalked you for four months and you were just so sad. I waited till you kind of got over a little bit. Uh, But it does win her over. But she's still like a little hung up on. She's like, why do I look like Catherine? And Stefan's like, I see your concern. I had the same question. He's like, because it doesn't make any sense to me. You're a Gilbert. She's a Pierce. And we haven't heard the name Pierce in the founding family discussion at all. That's true. So that's interesting. But is that family still in Mystic Falls? I guess is my what I was really getting at. Because he didn't really go into he obviously didn't look into the Pierce's. Yeah, especially since we got the little drop that Catherine could have had a child before she turned. Yeah. Yeah. He says, so I went to City Hall and I got your birth certificate. Weird. Again, this is all winning her over. I would be like, excuse you? But he says, I got your birth certificate. And it says Elena Gilbert, born at Mystic Falls General. But your mom was never admitted and there's no record of her being pregnant. You were adopted. Hate to tell you. And I mean, to be fair, he does not want to tell her this, but she's kind of insistent that he does. At this point, he has to. So this is a big revelation that Elena's adopted. No wonder Stefan didn't tell her, but like, damn. It's a big adjustment. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, we can assume Jeremy is a biological child, but maybe not. And that's got to be a weird thing to deal with, with your parents being dead before they ever got to tell you that. Yeah. So then we cut over to the library where Jeremy is continuing to research and Anna's like, hey, so I'm kind of a know it all. And so I googled some stuff and I found proof of vampires if you would like to see it. And she pulls up these records back from she said she went back to like the 1940s. Yeah. And she said, every once in a while, there's strings of animal attacks. Bodies drained of blood. I don't know what to tell you. That sounds like vampires to me. And I do think it's really funny that that's just the only cover-up they've ever used. I mean, I get it's a good cover-up for vampires, and I guess they do live by the wood. Well, yeah, there's only like three to five a year when they happen. If you're not looking for it, you're not going to find it, but unfortunately she happened to be looking for it. And in theory, like, they could have that many animal attacks in the woods. It's a lot of animal attacks for a concentrated area. But if you are not, like, really suspicious of it, you're not going to think twice about it. But this is definitely intriguing to Jeremy. So then we go back over to Stefan and Elena. This is when he actually reveals about the birth certificate. Whatever. You guys get it. You watch the episode. And she said, well, can you, like, I don't know, figure some more stuff out? And he's like, well, then I would have to look into the Pierce family. It's too much of a risk. I don't want anyone to know I'm looking for Catherine. That's enough of an excuse for her. He says, I love you. They kiss. They've kind of made up at this point. This seems to have solved all her anxieties, which I don't know about that. But well, to be fair, once you've dealt with like the vampire thing, like I was adopted is a little bit easier of a pill to swallow. And also that's something that like she wouldn't necessarily be mad at Stefan for or like her brewing resentment towards Stefan for like, cause she would get why he wouldn't want to tell her that. And so now she can redirect that anger towards poor Aunt Jenna. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of her brewing resentment, she goes home to the Gilbert house and Jenna is pissed off. She's like, Elena, I don't give you many rules because you're well behaved, but you can't just like leave town and lie to me about it. And Elena's like, oh, you want to talk about lies? Am I adopted? And Jenna said, "Oop." And to be fair to Jenna, it has not been her secret to tell up until like three months ago. And of course, that's not something you want to spring on someone right after their parents die. Like, well, if it makes you feel any better, they weren't your birth parents. You don't have to cry. They weren't your birth parents. Yeah. So I don't blame Jenna for this, but I also do get why Elena's pissed off. Well, there's no one else to, for her to really be mad at other than Jenna at this point. And I think, yeah, it's true. Jenna, why would she have told her this right now? It's a rough situation. And then we cut over to the grill where Alaric's writing something. I don't know. And Damon comes up to the grill. This is the first time a Salvatore has come in contact with Alaric, which he's even anxious for. Because I knew something was going to happen. Damon orders a drink. Alaric looks over at Damon. Damon nods at him. Alaric looks forward and we see a flashback of Damon killing Alaric's wife. He loves to kill people's girlfriends. Alaric like calmly takes a sip of alcohol and he puts his glass down and he's clearly shaking. This is interesting because, you know, Alaric clearly recognizes Damon and knows that he's the guy who killed his girlfriend. But Damon does not recognize Alaric. And I thought the Salvatores were going to recognize him. Obviously, again, Alaric has only killed one vampire. So he is probably trying to approach this in another way. But he clearly found what he was looking for in Mystic Falls. You have to assume this is why he came to Mystic Falls. Yeah. There has to be some reason this girl like Anna connected to vampires and latched onto that so easily. And so that's why I'm thinking Alaric is somehow related to her. And that is where we end the episode with kind of the cliffhanger of knowing that Alaric's got it out for Damon. And Damon not seeming to be aware of that because, you know, Damon has killed quite a few girlfriends in his day. They can't all hunt him now. He gets away from a number of them, but I guess he can't get away from all of them. Yeah, this is a case of like, how's Damon going to get out of this one, you know? So now do you think that Alaric's a vampire? You're still unsure. It could go either way. I think it could still go either way. I'm thinking he's not a vampire, but I'm really not sure. And I'm also, you know, it is notable that Damon saw Lurk, but Stefan still hasn't seen him. I'm not convinced that Stefan doesn't know him. Either way, it's a jam-packed episode. We learned a lot. We had a lot of guest stars. And we had a little bit of fun. Yeah. And we had a death and some romance. This episode really did have everything. Yeah. And Delena Stans got a good meal for the first time. And I'm guessing we won't get another good meal for a while. As usual, another great episode. If you're enjoying The Vampire Diaries, thank Julie Pleck. But if you're enjoying Doppelgangers, thank us by giving us rating, reviews, telling your friends, introducing your friends who haven't seen Vampire Diaries to this show. You can bring a lot of joy to someone. Or introduce people who have seen Vampire Diaries. A lot of people have seen this show. I didn't realize- Quite how popular it was yeah reintroduce people you can find us on instagram at doppelgangers podcast where we post a lot of fun memes as always it's been so much fun we'll see you guys next week for what is sure to be another jam-packed episode of the vampire diaries but until then goodbye brother goodbye brother